Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Rebecca Midich, a managing partner for Hush Blackwell's Milwaukee office. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Alex. I'm happy to be here. Great. So first off, I thought we could just start with um, kind of an introduction for you, if you might want to provide some background on your career and your journey that brought you to where you are today. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a journey. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, as you said, I'm managing partner of Hush Blackwell's Milwaukee office. Um, I've been at Hush my entire legal career. So I started as a summer associate with our legacy firm um, in, in Wisconsin and Milwaukee. Um, and this is kind of where I've grown up as, as an attorney. Um, and it's been, it's been a wonderful place to grow up prior to law school though. I had, uh, seven years in between undergrad and law school. So, um, I, uh, spent a couple years living abroad, um, teaching English as a second language and getting my master's in education, which I really put to great use. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Then I moved to Chicago. I, I was I was living in Poland for two years, and I thought maybe I'd live where in the second largest Polish city in the in the world. And so I moved to Chicago, and uh, lived there for uh, four or five years. Um, never spoke any Polish. Um, followed some old ladies around sometimes, um, listening to them. But um, worked at a social service organization called the Carol Robertson Center for Learning on Chicago's Southwest Side, and I did grant writing. Uh, fundraising. And then I also taught English as a second language um, through a junior college, uh, Malcolm X College um, on Chicago's West Side. Uh, and so I taught adults in the in the evening, generally all Spanish speaking adults, and uh, met my husband who's from Waukesha. And uh, we moved up here and I decided to go to law school to be a public defender. Um, and then I got into law school and then realized I never wanted to go to court ever. It sounded terrible. And so I wasn't quite sure what to do and um, just did what you're supposed to do as a, as a law student and did a summer associate, um, took a summer associate position with a great firm. And that's where I've been ever since. So. Excellent. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. Can you talk more about what kind of drove you to go into law after some of that social service work and education, why legal work? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't have um, lawyers in the family. I didn't really, I never thought about law. I went to, uh, my undergrad degree was in anthropology and Russian. Um, and uh, it wasn't on my radar at all. But as I was working at the Carol Robertson Center, um, I would go to our board meetings and I would notice how many attorneys were on the board. And it, um, it really made me think about uh, the, um, the leadership skills that they were bringing to the table, the talents that they had, that they were able to use to serve their communities. Um, and the work that they did sounded really interesting. So I was um, 
you know, doing a ton of grant writing, um, but then also very interested in service. So um, that I really got through teaching and thought maybe the law was a good way to combine service and um, kind of the intellectual rigor uh, that 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 I really loved. So it it just kind of was something that I walked into, not necessarily knowing a lot about the the career or how that would work out. I didn't know anything about private practice. Um, and, you know, was fortunate enough to, to summer with my firm and just fall into an incredible group of people who, um, you know, were willing to bend over backwards to help me grow and teach me. And, um, I ended up loving, you know, real estate and real estate law and kind of realized I've always loved the development of cities. I've always been really interested um, and the development of cities, I just didn't honestly know. I'm kind of embarrassed to say I didn't know that that lawyers had anything to do with it. <laughs> so, so once I, you know, kind of stumbled upon these amazing people that were that were helping, um, you know, our cities grow and and working with incredibly talented um, developers and and businesses and um, who are really committed to investing um, in, in the built environment, uh, it just kind of clicked with me. Oh, that's great. Let's talk a little more about the work that you've been doing with Hush Blackwell. You, we mentioned you were recently named, um, office managing partner for the Milwaukee location. Can you talk about what you've been doing and how maybe that new role might change some of the work that you're doing or kind of any new focus that you might be taking? Yeah, so my my practice is, um, as I've said, it's a, it's a real estate practice, but it's really a real estate finance practice. The vast majority of my work is done in field of um, alternative finance. So I do a lot of new markets tax credits, low income housing tax credits, historic tax credit work. Basically, you know, a, a, a development project that needs some sort of governmental incentive or incentive to get to get the capital stack in order and to get the project built, those are the kind of deals that I like to do. So, um, and the fun comes with thinking really creatively about how to structure it appropriately and make all of these things work together. Um, and so it's a, it's an incredibly, it's, it's a really fun practice. It's really rewarding. And at the end of the day, usually the projects that, that we're doing are, you know, centered around job creation and rural areas or, um, you know, catalytic developments in um, underserved communities or preservation of historic structures. So, you know, I love that I can, you know, drive around the city and the state and say, you know, show my kids like, you know, I worked on that. See that building right there that's doing this cool thing. Like I, I was part of that team. Um, so that's a really cool and rewarding thing to do. Um, and this role is really uh, centered around, um, you know, office culture, um, making sure that the Milwaukee office is a place where not just attorneys, but paralegals, staff, people want to come to work. Um, people feel proud of, of where they're working and what they're doing. Um, a connection to the community um, that, you know, that, that our office is, is involved in the community, that we're making a difference, um, that we're connecting in meaningful ways. Um, and then also a liaison between the Milwaukee office and broader firm leadership. So Hush Blackwell has um, about 800 attorneys now. I think we're at 24 offices, maybe um, around the country. So um, Milwaukee is, is the office is our 
I think now it's our fourth largest office because we opened a virtual office, which is now our second largest office. Um, so, so it's a large, it's a large office, um, but, uh, you know, I serve as a, as kind of a connection of, of what's going on in that office with a, with a larger firm. And I wanted to ask as well, with respect to your work in real estate, some of those financing tools and kind of how that all ties into economic development here in the state, what trends will you be keeping an eye on this year as, as 2022 rolls on that maybe our listeners, members of the business community should be paying attention to as well? Yeah, you know, um, real estate and, and a focus on the built environment is a really interesting place to be right now because COVID, I think, you know, COVID is a game changer with so many things, but certainly the impact on the way that we use our physical spaces um, is dramatic and, and that impacts, you know, the role of, of, of real estate and what, and what people are building and what they're not building. Um, so I, I think, you know, what we're, what we're really looking at now, well, one interest rates are likely going to go up and that um, that's, you know, could potentially slow down um, the appetite for, for debt and, and that could slow down some, some real estate development. Um, I think, you know, we're still struggling with supply chain issues, um, which is, which is obviously someone COVID related. Um, I think a lot of, of my developer clients are, you know, you have a project that you price out. And then by the time that you're actually ready to, to sign, um, the, the construction contract prices have increased 20%. And now you got to figure out how you're going to fill that gap, um, or how you're going to reduce that, that contract amount. Um, and so that's, that's a real struggle, um, for, for folks in real estate. Um, I think then, and then it's thinking about kind of the bigger, which is so fascinating, the bigger kind of, uh, the way that we use our space now, um, you know, are people going to come back to the office are, uh, what is, what is the office of the future look like? There had been, you know, a very kind of developing sense of, of what, what modern office space was and, and now that's changing, um, yet again. Uh, so, and, and not only what does a space look like, but how much of that space do we need? Obviously, you know, not everybody is going to be going back in to work. There's this, I think, you know, working from home telecommuting is going to become a very standard reality for a lot of people even if it's not every day of the week, certainly two or three days of the week. So what does that mean? If we, if we have people that don't need a dedicated office, how does that change the way that we're, we're building things? And how does that change how much square footage we need to do what we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly a lot to think about there. And uh, really glad to have your perspective on some of these really important topics, Rebecca. So I just want to say thanks again so much for coming on the show. Hope we can stay in touch and uh, keep talking about some of these issues going forward. Yeah, absolutely. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? 
and almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.